Hello, friends, and welcome to Ill Natured, a true crime podcast. This is Michelle. And I'm Felicia. Who? Hi guys, it's Alyssa. You guys know me. Uh huh. Yes. Um, we're back again. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> yep. And Alyssa's got a story. I don't even know what it is. Surprise. So <clears throat> I actually decided to go a little easy on y'all this week. It might not seem like it, but I almost <laughs> did like a really, really rough case. Uh, um, like really rough. So I was like, mm, let me just take it back a notch. Okay. Uh, maybe not do that one yet. I'm here for so, it. So, um, I'm going to hit you guys with that probably next time. Mm-hmm. Um, but today we're going to be talking a cat, uh, a case. Do it. About a case that I really, like, it's very highly publicized and known, but I really didn't know it. Well, the name looks familiar, but I'm trying to remember the story and I don't. Okay, well, this also might ring a bell. When I was in the middle of doing my research, I'd come across an episode of Morbid, and they just covered this case in the beginning of October. So... That's probably why it's familiar. Yeah. But why don't I remember anything about it? Hmm. I don't know. When I get into the details, I bet you you will. But the only thing that I knew about this case was a name that I had actually happened to here mm-hmm. um when i was doing research back in november for the zodiac killer i had come across the name ethley bailey yep who the zodiac mentions like you know saying you know i want ethley bailey or yep so and so to come on air blah 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 so ethley bailey ends up being sam shepherd's lawyer in his second trial which we'll get to way later on mm-hmm. but <clears throat> we are talking about dr sam shepherd um who was convicted of murdering his wife but did he do it and if he didn't like who the heck did there's a ton more that's going to come out on the story mm. so y'all don't snooze on me quite yet Samuel Holmes Shepard was born on December 29th, 1923 in Cleveland, Ohio. He was the youngest son out of three born from Richard Allen Shepard. Sam attended Cleveland Heights High School and, of course, was a great student and athlete. He played football, basketball, track, and I think he wrestled, too. He was class president for three years and was said to have been super handsome. Okay. And, right? Mm-hmm. Total package. Total package. He met Marilyn Reese while in high school and they started dating. Um, during high school, he was offered a ton of different scholarships to smaller Ohio schools, but he turned them down because he was wanting to be a doctor like his father and brothers. Mm-hmm. So he started studying osteopathic medicine, which is a different approach to medicine in a way that the physician treats the whole body, not just the disease. Yes. 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 Um, now I'm just going to throw you in little facts about osteopathic medicine. Because I always wonder what the difference between like MDs and DOs were. Yeah. And a D.O. is an osteopathic doctor. Okay. So, Dr. Andrew Steele founded this philosophy in 1874. 57% of practicing physicians in primary care now are mm-hmm. D.O.s. So, they're nice. osteopathic doctors. Um, there's approximately 140,000 D.O.s practicing. Um, so, that's just a couple of little tidbitties about yeah. those. Awesome. Now, Sam Shepard enrolled at Hanover College in Indiana to study pre-osteopathic courses, and he was also taking extra courses at Western Reserve, Indiana, um, just really doing the school at this time. Um, 
he ended up finishing his education in Los Angeles at the Osteopathic School of Physicians and Surgeons. And not only was he a DO, but would later become a neurosurgeon, too. Oh, wow. Real right. smart. Real, Real smart. smart. And really, like, getting after it in yep. the medical field. Yep. So, while he was preparing to go to, to go to L.A., of course, he asked Marilyn to go with him. Uh-huh. And they ended up marrying on February 21st of 1945. I'm going to back up just a hair and give y'all a little more detail about the couple. Like I said, the two met at Rose. I did not say that because that's not where he went to school. So that's differing information. But anyways, they met. Oh, that's junior high. Duh. Anyways, Uh they met at school and Marilyn was actually a year and a half ahead of Sam. So she ended up going to college at Skidmore while he was back for his senior year. Right. And so his entire senior year, his friends jokingly picked on him about how close he was with Marilyn, and they ended up calling him Skidmore, because it's like he was always up there with her. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, I was going to say that I... a good man. I was about to say, well, and I think a lot of, of the guys in his grade were picking on him in a friend manner, but possibly a little jealous, because okay. not only was Sam very attractive and popular, but he was dating this gorgeous older girl who right. was, like, looked right. at yeah. as, like, some queen. You know that would peanut butter and jealous. Oh, Stop. for sure, for sure. Yep. And later, Dr. Sam recalled how she only dated the best of the best, older boys whom he admired. Oh, he right. actually wrote, quote, the fact that she was now my constant companion in a way placed me in their class, which was sort of an honor, end quote. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. He so, us, yeah. Mm-hmm. he was very proud to yep. be hers. Right. Yeah. Sam clearly remembered the first time Marilyn ever told her that she loved him. And it was on October 11th, 1940. They were on a walk along a tree line in the moonlight. He said that was the first girl that had ever told him that. And he goes on to graduate in 1942. And we know, of course, all the college history and then them getting married in 1945. Then two years later in 1947, their son, Samuel Reese Shepard, who they called Chip, was born. By 51, the family moved back to Ohio, and Sam started working at the Bayview Hospital, which was run by his father and brothers. Mm-hmm. Sam found a beautiful, modest Dutch colonial home that was located at 28944 Lake Road in Bay Village. The house, I don't think that's Bayview Hospital, I think it's Bay Village Hospital. Mm-hmm. Back up. Anyways, the house had a porch on the north side, which was backed up to Lake Erie. So they're Indiana still, right? No, they're in Ohio. Is that close? I don't know what about Indiana. I think Indiana is like right across the road from Ohio. I think they're like back, like back, like yep. really yep. close. I need to refresh my memory on there. the states. Yeah, like I was thinking the other day I, about like Vermont. Yeah, whoever even think of Vermont. Mm-mm. I did Mm-mm. look at some Vermont cheeses. Yeah, v- 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 Vermont cheeses yesterday at Publix. Anywho, that's what I don't know is the states, but that's fine. So, they had steps leading down towards the shore and what they called a changing house close to the lake, which was the only house in the neighborhood that had one on the property. Oh. Now, I got a little confused when I was reading descriptions of how the house sat and the location of all the things, but basically the house is turned around. Typically, at least down here in the south that I know for sure, the formal front door in front of the house is right, what you can street see. side. Yep. So, that's you know, right. we're looking at the front of the house. Yep. And the back of the house is the one to right. the backyard or whatever. Right. Well, the shepherd home was opposite. Mm-hmm. So... Their front of the house was facing Lake Erie, uh-huh. and the, the back was yep. facing the road. Mm-hmm. So later, when we get into the trial, everyone refers to the lake door as the front, front door. door. Yeah, just in case we need to talk about that. Yeah. Of course, with the house being right on the lake, Sam would swim practically every morning that weather permitted him to. And during the evenings and weekends, Marilyn and Sam would practice practice water skiing and neighbors would remember them bouncing down the waves just waving at everyone they always Aww, seemed happy so fun. yeah and they seem to be just living like a great life yeah. 
that is up until the night of July 3rd slash early morning hours of July 4th. Now, earlier in that day, Dr. Sam had a wild day at work. He started with a routine procedure, but shortly after that ended, he had to work on a young boy that was brought in. The boy had been hit by a telephone company truck, and he had to cut the boy's chest open and massage his heart until he lost feeling in his fingers. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was exhausted, to say the least. And Chip later told an interviewer that his dad being exhausted wasn't abnormal. I mean, yeah, right. And that's heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, Chip remembered that night well because the Shepherds usually hosted a big July 4th cookout at their house. Right. And so that brings us to the night in question. Um, July 3rd. It was a pretty normal night. Um, Sam and Marilyn were hosting a dinner party party for Don and Nancy Ahern. Um, a little before supper, a little before nine, um, Sam was actually called to leave the party and go back to the ho- to the hospital to consult on a broken leg. Um, after the consultation, Sam returned home that night for good. Marilyn had tucked Chip into bed, and he had drifted off to sleep. So, they were going to settle down, um, enjoy some blueberry pie for dessert, and mm. watch some TV. So, only one. They only have Chip. Mm-hmm. They end, and he was like six or seven at the time. Right. <clears throat> they ended up watching Strange Holiday, a movie that came out in 1945, which was about a man who went on a trip and came back to America to find that it was being controlled by fascists. Okay. Yeah, great, uh, great movie to pick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they started the movie with Marilyn actually sitting in Sam's lap, you know, being all lovey dovey and just right. kind of snuggling together. But eventually, Sam or Marilyn got out of his lap and he went and got on their their day bed mm-hmm. and fell asleep. Now, I wanted to point out that the couple seemed to be getting along all night. No arguing was ever heard. You know, the Hearns remembered. That's what that's what I'm sitting over here thinking. Like we've heard nothing but good stuff. What's going on behind the scenes? What don't we know? So tell us. Marilyn ended up walking the couple out around twelve thirty and went to bed, leaving Sam downstairs. Mm-hmm. The Ahern's weren't able to remember if Marilyn locked the door or not. Some people like to point out that Marilyn didn't lock the door just because of the time period they were in. Right. Possibly. Right. But some people say they could have locked the door. I don't know. It's probably leaning towards she didn't lock the door. Right. Regardless. A lot of other people want to point out that Marilyn leaving Sam on the couch meant they weren't in a good relationship. Listen, some nights, I don't have it in me to wake my husband up when he is on the couch. And so, I'll try one time, and then I'll shut it down and go to sleep. Okay, well, let me tell you this. If you were living in 1954 and had your own single bed, why would it matter? Right. Yeah. They didn't sleep in the same bed anyways. Right. They had the same bedroom, but in 54, the only time people were in the bed together is if they were trying to have a baby. Right. Basicy. I was wondering how he's going. Intercourse. Intercourse. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Intercourse. Yes. So, I I mean that's not really a. No. I would have left his ass down. Well, even too. now, I mean, I live, I live my husband all the Deuces, time. Deuces. Like, yeah. Oh, I do too. Like, uh. Uh-uh. I'm not sitting here. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. When I get ready to go to bed. I'm gone. Sleeping broody here needs twelve hours. So you stay up Stop. all night long. Twelve hours. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm playing. So around 5.40 a.m., Spencer Hawk received a frantic phone call from his neighbor, Sam Shepard, saying, Spin, my God, get over here quick. I think they've killed Marilyn. Mm-hmm. Spencer was confused at first, but called to his wife, Esther, and they drove to Sam's home. Mm-hmm. Now, not only was Spencer a friend and neighbor of Sam's, but he also happened to be the mayor of Bay Village. Okay. When the Hawks arrived in the house. So, he called the mayor. Right. Before he called the police. Yeah, that's always. And he doesn't call the police. That's always very chancy, people. Okay? If you ever get into a situation where someone has passed, you call the police first. Not your mama. 
Not, not your mama, the mayor. not your daddy, not uh -uh. the mayor. You want to call the police first. Because that makes you look real. Guilty. I'm already over here and my wheels are spinning. I'm like, hmm, how did he do it? Why did he do it? Was she cheating? Like, you know. So, well, yeah, don't call the mayor. Don't, to call get, don't call the mayor. Don't call the mayor. Do not. <laughs> well, this is another thing. So, when they arrived, Sam was like half sitting, half laying down in a chair and like... I don't know if it was a living room or his office or whatever, but he looked beaten up. He was shirtless, but he did have his pants on. Okay. Now, Marilyn's upstairs. If she's dead, don't you think you'd try to be up there with her instead of just, like, sprawled out on the couch just hanging out? Right. I can't even. I would be running through the house, like, screaming uncontrollably and waving my hands around. Yeah. I would have been, like, I would not be just. Hanging. Now, when Spencer uh -uh. asked what happened, Sam replied that he didn't know, but someone needed to go see about Marilyn. So, as they ran upstairs to find her in bed dead, uh -huh. she had been bludgeoned to death. So, she. That's so, the worst word to me. It makes me hurt. I know. Oh. So, she told her husband to call the police and the ambulance. So, he called, you know, Spencer called the mayor, both called, um, the emergency departments and called Dr. Richard Shepard, which was Sam's brother. So Richard Shepard Jr., I think is who he called. Or his father. I don't know. I was really confused on it. I think it well, it said Richard Shepard. So I would assume that his father wasn't practicing in this time because of an illness later on. Mm -hmm. So it could have been his brother, but I'm just not 100% sure. Mm -hmm. Alright. Anyways. He called one of the Richard Shepherds, <laughs> and he turns to Sam and asks, like, what happened here? And Sam told him that all he knew was he was asleep on the couch, and he awoke to Marilyn's screams. He said he started running upstairs, but was hit by something, and then remembered struggling with someone. And then the next thing he remembered before gaining consciousness on the beach. Wait, wait, wait. Next thing he remembered was gaining consciousness on the beach and going back to the house to try and help Marilyn before calling Spencer. Oh, so he was outside. He's, like, very all over the place. So he's saying, like, he's in the house, and then he's, like, out of the house. He's he's getting not unconscious, and he's just waking up. I don't know. We'll get into the details a little bit later because he gives you a different story or okay. so a couple of times. So nice. he gets interviewed, like, three or four times the day, this day. Now, Bay Village police officer Fred Drinken, Drinken? I don't know, <laughs> I love it. was the first officer on scene and arrived around 6 a.m. When he entered the home, he also saw Sam slouching in a chair and heard Esther say, go upstairs and see what you can do for Marilyn. Mm. When Fred entered the master where Marilyn was laying on the bed, he said he remembered her head being about three feet from the headboard and she was laying on her back. Her right arm was beside her, and her left arm was over her stomach. Mm. Both of her legs were half bent and spread, dangling off the end of the bed. <gasps> her shirt was pulled up, and her pants were down around her knees. I do believe one of her legs was completely out of her pants. Mm. <clears throat> she was laying in blood-soaked sheets, and what Fred noticed most was her face it was so beaten that Marilyn was unrecognizable mm. and the last extremely unfortunate thing about this whole entire incident was Marilyn was four months pregnant with their second child Aww. after observing Marilyn in the room Fred immediately went back downstairs and radioed for a doctor and he called for Police Chief John Eaton and Sergeant Jay Hubach. Finally, getting the cops. Right. Well, this is the thing, and I'll get into it a little bit later on, but Bay Village had never really dealt with a murderer before. Fred, you know, he takes in the scene. He sees the body. He's the first one to see the blood spots, seeing all the stuff in the house drawn about. Right. You know, he notifies who he needs to. And then he goes back into the study to talk to Sam, who was sitting in the chair with, again, no shirt on and just wearing brown pants. 
And he asked Sam, like, what happened? And Sam replied that he didn't know again Mm -hmm. that he had heard Marilyn scream, that he started fighting with someone on the stairs, then he was in water, and then was back upstairs. But don't worry, like I said, I'll go into detail a little bit later on about all of that. Mm -hmm. This is just what he's saying to the police. Like, this is what the police, like, the police are receiving this information like you are, and they're just confused. Like, what are you even talking about? You're in the water, you're outside, you're inside. Yeah, like, you're all over the place. Right. Now, like I said, Bay Village had never dealt with any murders before, so... They called in Cleveland's homicide unit for help, and they were able to get the county coroner, Dr. Sam Gerber, to come in as well, who we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where it gets crazy. Before Gerber arrives, there are people tramping through this house for like an hour, okay? <sighs> Not just cops from different departments, but Sam's brothers, their neighbor, media. I mean, they're just walking about. One of the neighbors was Otto Graham, an NFL quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. He was allowed to go inside Sam and Marilyn's bedroom where Marilyn's laying dead. Why would he want to? That's so icky. Would you willingly go in and see a dead body? And, like, the way – the thing is, like, she's, like, battered. She's unrecognizable. Okay, like, she's very messed up. But this is what he says. He tells the Saturday Evening Post, quote, Oh my God, it looks like someone stood in the middle of the room with a great big can of red paint and a brush and flicked it all around. There was a couple of blows. Oh no, whoever did it, they had to be out of their mind. End quote. Mm. But again, sir, why did you want to go into the scene? That's what they should have asked him. I'm saying, okay. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if I've mentioned this or not, but Chip is still in the house. Like, right down the hall from his parents' room. And he's allegedly still asleep while all this is going on. They're doing all this and can't get the baby out? Come on, people. Well, finally, his Uncle Richard woke him up and got him out of there so he wouldn't see anything that would traumatize him. Mm -hmm. Um, And no worries with Chip leaving, but... There should have at least been one brow quirked when Sam is escorted to Bay Village Hospital by his brother, Stephen. Yeah. So he gets to leave the scene. Yeah. And Sam's complaining about these, you know, intense injuries that happened because of altercations with a robber. That Stephen, his brother, like I said, his brother takes him to the hospital mm-hmm. that his family owns and runs. Yeah. There's no other supervision. That would be frowned upon. I mean, it gives him quite a time to get an alibi together. Right. Honestly. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as we all know, you check out who's closest to the victim first, but they just let Slam, Slam slip right out the door. Slam! They just let Sam slip right out the door without questioning him. Yeah. Now, finally, Dr. Gerber arrived a little after 8, and he was the one who got everyone not important off the scene, taped off, shut that shit down. Yeah. Finally. Hallelujah. You know, the only one with the brain in the situation. Two hours after, three hours after, maybe? Now, around 9.30 a.m., we're going to jump back to Gerber in a second, but... Around 9.30 a.m. is when the first official questioning of Dr. Sam happened. He was actually under sedation and being treated for shock and neck injuries. Hmm. Detective Patrick Garreau and Detective Robert Schottke arrived at the hospital to talk with Sam and get more details on what happened. Now, Sam told them that he was awoken by Marilyn's screams, like I've said multiple freaking times already. At least that part of his story stayed the same. Basically, (laughs) he runs upstairs, and when he got to the top, quote, he saw a man and also heard someone else working over his wife. And the man that he saw struck him on the side of the head with his fist. He used the words working over his wife? Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting to me. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. But he said that struck him on the side of the head with his fist and knocked him unconscious. End quote. Word for word police report. Uh-huh. And it goes on to say that when Sam regained consciousness, he heard someone making noise downstairs. So he ran downstairs to find a man running out the back door. So he runs after him. 
Sam ran after the man down the stairs and on the beach, but was able to tackle the man and started fighting him. But then the man knocked Sam unconscious again. The next time Sam woke up, he was laying on his stomach in the lake, and it was daybreak. That's when Sam went back to the house to check on Marilyn, saw she was dead, and called for help. Allegedly, she was still warm when he got there. Question mark. Huh. Stephen came in to tell Sam that he had a concussion and possibly had a broken vertebra in his neck, which correlates with Sam holding his neck all morning. Later that day, they found bruising on the inside of his cheek and noted that he had several chipped teeth. Chipped teeth. Keep that in the back of your head. Okay. Chipped teeth. Okay. Because I have several chipped teeth. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. I bought one. But that's not the point of the story. I bring it up because I connected this myself when I was reading something later on. Okay. Now, the detectives head back to the Shepherd home to do a search of the property. And during that search, there was a green felt bag found at the bottom of the stairway in dense underbrush outside of the Shepherd home. Inside the bag was a gold watch with water on the inside and blood on the band. A college frat ring and a keychain with a with football keys knife and a gold metal tag with what appears to me as SS on it. Okay. When this was found, this raised more suspicion on Sam, considering those appear to be Sam's keys and watch with blood on it. The dude, t- if he was robbed, yeah, right. Was Which is bag? what he's claiming, right? Was it his bag? I think. I don't know. Hold on. Hmm. Just hold on. Um, the detectives and Chief Eaton went back to the hospital to ask Sam about the bag and the contents. And he said he could give no explanation. Hmm. Then said that he stopped to look at his wife while he was upstairs after being knocked unconscious the first time. And perhaps blood got on his watch band then. He stated while upstairs he noticed his wallet on the ground so he picked it up. In the report that Guerrero and Schottke wrote up, they state that Sam did not offer up the information about the wallet until he was questioned on why the men wouldn't have taken his wallet out of the pocket if they had taken the jewelry off him like Sam claimed. So, basically, Sam's claiming he gets knocked unconscious. Mm -hmm. The guy that did it takes all his jewelry off. Mm -hmm. And... Then the cops are like, okay, well, if they took your jewelry off, why wouldn't they take your wallet? And he's like, oh, oh, oh. I found it on the ground upstairs after I was knocked unconscious. Like, he didn't offer it up until they asked him the question about, like, well, why wouldn't they have done this? Yeah. Like, why? Because it was still in his pocket. I guess I'm assuming he had it on him. Yeah, if you're robbing, a wallet's a pretty big deal. He probably had cash back in those days, Well, too. and so, like, police are like, okay, you're robbed. Why do you have your wallet on you? Right. He's like, oh, well, I found it upstairs. As a thief, the first thing, if you were taking stuff off of a body, you would go for the wallet. I would, if I was a thief. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal there. Okay. So, all of that the same. After this visit to the hospital, they went back to the shepherd premises to look for the shirt Sam was allegedly wearing because... That's still not final. Like, it's where, where is it at? Who knows? Okay, so they ripped his shirt off as well? <laughs> like, yeah, on. I guess. Okay. That's what we're, we're claiming, I suppose, is they ripped his shirt off. Um, hmm. But they couldn't find the shirt, the shirt. But during this search, they were also looking for possible murder weapons. So they were in the garage and they were checking the Jaguar. <clears throat> the luxury vehicle they owned, uh-huh. um, and found two 15-inch wrenches in a tool bag that were reportedly quite heavy. So they were given to Corner Gerber, and they also noted that um, the wrenches, the clothes, and the contents of the bag were all handed over to him at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, when he was, when Dr. Gerber was handed all of this, he noticed that the time on the watch was stopped at 4.15 a.m. Oh. 
And the same police report they stated they learned from a confidential source that Dr. Lester Hoverson from L.A. had been staying with the couple over the holidays. And Lester was an old schoolmate and friend of Sam's, but was very obsessed with Marilyn. She rejected his advances. And when Sam was asked about Lester's infatuation with his wife, Sam said, yeah, it could be true, but so what? A lot of men... A lot of men think she's hot. I'm convinced of her faithfulness, so I'm not worried about it. Right. So, before we go on to the next day, I do want to talk about Marilyn's injuries a little further and Coroner Gerber's findings from his autopsy. Right. So, we're going to back up and we're going to start back from 8 a.m. when Dr. Gerber initially arrived at the Shepherd home. Mm-hmm. He did a brief examination before going to the hospital to look and talk to Sam. Mm-hmm. His initial reaction to the scene was that he had believed it had been staged. And he felt that after talking with Sam, that his story was fabricated as well. And he sensed zero remorse in Sam's statement. Yeah. Sam described his intruder to Dr. Gerber like this. A white biped object with a large bushy head. Dr. Gerber then returned to the Shepherd home and examined Marilyn's body a little further. He was noting things such as rigor mortis, lividity, you know, etc. Dr. Gerber noted that rigor mortis had set and was complete. Estimated time of death was between 3 and 4 a.m. And her watch was stopped at 3.15 a.m. So, like, about an hour apart from each other, the watches were stopped. Hmm. They proceeded to move her body, and I want to note that it was about 5.45 a.m. when Sam called the mayor. The mayor. So, mm-hmm. they proceeded to move her body to the coroner's office, and upon putting her body in the autopsy case, there were two pieces of chipped teeth laying on the bed. Remember who had chipped teeth? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Sam Shepard had chipped teeth. Yeah, and they didn't find it until her body was moved. They compared them to see if they were hers. Did they? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> the autopsy began at the coroner's office at 12.30 p.m. So, let's go over the autopsy together a little bit. Um, Dr. Gerber diagnosed her with multiple injuries to the face and head that included Community, communi- 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 See, I had practiced this word. word. I practiced this word before. Community. Commun. What the fuck? All right, let me see it. Uh, comminuted. 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 What does that even mean? It's a compound fracture, basically, okay. of the skull, uh-huh. and it had she had separation. Oh, stop! Stop! Of the frontal suture. Do you know your frontal suture? Yes, yes, okay. I do. Okay. Contusions of the brain, multiple lacerations on her forehead, and she did have fractured teeth and a fractured nose. He noted that she was pregnant in her fourth month, as we've already stated, and literally no relevance to anything at all, but he did state that she had a benign tumor on her thyroid. Okay. He officially stated that her cause of death was homicide by assault, even though it seemed obvious. Mm. Of course, he went in much further detail of her injuries, but that's a quick overview. Um, And a couple more things to note before moving on is, one, there was never any sign of forced entry, but... If she didn't lock the door, then right, there and they're probably be. in a very affluent neighborhood. She probably just they probably just didn't lock the door, right? But number two, the family dog was never heard barking once. Hmm. Inside dog? I don't Outside know. Dog? I don't know. They just stayed they had there. a dog. Yeah, they had a dog. It was never barking. But the thing is, is they were running out on the beach and stuff. So if it was an outside dog, like still like. One of my outside dogs would bark. The other one would be too scared. If she saw people running around outside, she would just freeze up and start shaking. Who, Poppy or Dolly? Dolly. Dolly. Hmm. Yeah. Well, y'all know, honey. Like, please. You. They'd be dead. They ain't nobody coming to get you because honey is gonna take them out. I know because like she can. We'll be sitting on this bed and if she sees someone walking across the street over there, she'll start barking. Yeah. 
I ain't gonna get you. No. When he's got your back. None of my dogs. They'll just lick him to death. Even Poppy. That's what Kirby would do. Dolly might go in. She's the killer of the two. She's the killer. But um, she's a lot tougher on the streets than she is, you know, with her, <laughs> with her mama. But I, I, she might get after somebody. Like, she's growled before with people over that I got feelings from. Really? You know, yes. Yes. One of Will's old friends. And I was like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be at the house anymore. You know, if the dog's having that kind of re- Like, I trust it. I trust a dog. Oh, yeah. But then my little old dog, Sweet Pea, did it to Nana several times. And it's like, Nana's a saint, Sweet Pea, but she's very old. You know, so I'm like, maybe her whatever was just off. You know, her well, sense. honey, don't blame no shit. So, no, honey, you're dead. Like, if you're dead, if I looked at Alyssa wrong, she'd probably get me. She would kill everybody. Like, yeah, you can ask murder. Sarah right now. Shout out, she's not listening to the podcast, she doesn't listen. It's okay, but she's literally terrified of honey. Is she? she like, yeah, I asked her to dog sit for me, and she's like, I really don't know if I can. <laughs> she's she like, I so promise so she won't do anything to you. <laughs> That is hilarious. Oh, gosh. Anyways, point of the story is, unless your dog is a super, super quiet dog. Right. This is not extremely likely. Right. Like, your dog's going to bark if there's an intruder. If there's a ruckus, if the kids start playing too hard, mine will bark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, So, but I want to go back to Sam's description of the intruder. It was entirely too vague for my opinion. Like, uh, dude, you a al- like, I don't- Well, that's another thing people point out is like his the way he uses his words. Like people think that's just too nonchalant, like distancing yourself maybe well, from the and crime. the working over her. I still can't get past that when he described the people beating his wife to death. Like working her over? What? It's fake. You, yeah. He talks. You know, that's something I haven't heard anyone point out. That's a good no. Like I'm serious because I've listened to, like I've been watching documentaries, doing tons of research, and no one's pointed out that he talks. I mean, he's a doctor, but that's how he talks regarding his wife's murder. It's like it's word, right? And like, it's almost like I don't know. It, it that I can't get past it. Like my brain's kind of stuck on it because I can't imagine Will saying that if somebody had just murdered me, brutally murdered me. Like right. they were up there working her over. What the hell? And he says biped form instead of just like a Insane. a person. That's weird. It's weird. Mm-hmm. You don't. I mean, no one refers to humans that way. No. Whatever. Whatever. Anyways, mm-hmm. the next day, the murder of the 30-year-old young, beautiful... Oh. You may open that. Uh, I, oh, y'all know I gotta bust out some candy, some mint, something with rustling paper. Alyssa's like... Ugh. I love you. I'm sorry. Y'all are gonna hear it hit my teeth once. Oh. I swear. Don't cut it. So, sorry I did that last one on purpose. I love y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> The next day, the murder of the 30-year-old young, beautiful wife of Dr. Sam Shepard was all over the news. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Press newspaper that was printed on July 5th, 1954, had the headline, Doctor's Wife Murdered in Bay Village. Now, this article was interesting because many sources I read before finding this article made it seem like day one, Sam was suspect number one. Which she was, but it wasn't printed like that in the paper. Yep. So, I do believe... Now, this is interesting to say, and I'd never heard another source mention it, but it was in an article. I looked... I had the, the picture of the old newspaper, and it says... It has the subtitle, Drug Thieves Suspected in Bludgeoning. Mm-hmm. Then gave a brief overview of what allegedly happened in the early morning hours of July 4th at the Shepherd home, saying, quote, Bay Village Mayor J.S. Hawk and Police Chief John P. Eaton theorized a drug-crazed addict searching for narcotics was responsible for the tragedy, end quote. Was that common back in this day in affluent neighborhoods? I don't know, but yeah. this is the one and only newspaper, I think, that comes out the entire time that doesn't say 
the husband did it basically yep. like mm-hmm. this is the one and only one you paid him off i'm kidding <laughs> But not really. <laughs> but not really. So, Tuesday, July 6th, the paper was printed with the headline, Hunt, Murder, Weapon, and Doctor's T-Shirt. This paper stated that police were focusing on trying to find the murder weapon and the shirt Sam had been wearing that night. Chief Eaton told the paper they were going to be dragging extremely strong magnets across the bottom of Lake Erie to look for the murder weapon. Hmm. And Dr. Gerber confirmed in the paper that Marilyn's murder was definitely out of anger, saying the killer was, quote, intent on giving her a severe beating and inflicting injury. He rained blow after blow on her with savage fury, end quote. What if he knew that wasn't his baby? You heard him. All right, sorry, keep going. (laughs) Let me crunch this mint real quick. Some, there was one theory, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. that Sam was possibly sterile because of the x-rays that he had been around, but that's not highly Mm -hmm. mentioned, Mm -hmm. I think... I'm pretty sure that's Sam's kid. Like, I think a DNA right. test ruled. I, mm-hmm. I think a DNA test ruled that it was Sam's okay. baby. Mm-hmm. But, anywho, there were no indications that she fought back, which is apparent because she was more than likely asleep when the attack started. Right. I don't think she had time to wake up and understand what was happening to fight back. Yeah. This is also when the papers start a shift, like I said. Um, and kind of point to Sam's guilt. They make sure to mention that Sam's brother, Stephen, said that Sam would be too physically and emotionally unable to be questioned by police any further for several days. So, he erred on the side of caution. Let's not push him too far. Yep. He just killed his wife. I'm kidding. Well, basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, Deputy Sheriff Carl Rossbach had been trying to interview Sam the night before, but it was interrupted by William Corrigan, a criminal lawyer in Cleveland, who would represent Sam in his Mm -hmm. first trial. Mm -hmm. Chief Eaton had also been turned away when he went to question him for, I think, the second time. Mm-hmm. Stephen had told the paper the reason for the family had hired the lawyer was because they knew a crime had been committed and felt that it could affect Bay Village Hospital and the family, so they wanted to seek some professional advice. Mm-hmm. People didn't see it that way, though, and thought it was a sign of his guilt. Right. You know, lawyering up so fast. Mm-hmm. Marilyn's funeral was on July 7th, and Sam insisted on going So he arrived in a wheelchair and a neck brace despite every newspaper suggesting that he was the one who had murdered his pregnant wife. And it only got worse and worse in the media. July 9th, Sam was reenacting his story to police and it was reported that he had refused to take a lie detector test for the second time. And then July 12th paper I found it particularly interesting for a couple of reasons. First, they were still searching for the murder weapon weapon yeah the murder weapon mm-hmm. and Sam's shirt now this is going on two weeks after the murder but second of all dr gerber submitted answers to questions that the paper were asking like you know an interview and his answers were quite interesting mm-hmm. first gerber stated that they didn't know what the murder weapon was only that it was a blunt object and could be anything lying around the house but he says something like he says like it could be this, it could be that, it could be a surgical instrument. Like he mm, throws that in leading. there uh-huh. because just keep that little tidbitty in mm-hmm. your pocket, okay? Mm-hmm. So the interviewer goes on to ask about the shirt. Where could that be at? He said, "Well, we don't know, but the most probable place is Lake Erie at the bottom of it." Unless for some unknown reason the attacker took it with him for a trophy. trophy. Yeah, but... Or maybe he popped it off to fight. Maybe Sam popped it off to fight. Uh, tossed it. Hey! <laughs> okay! He popped their shirt off. It's from an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. One of our favorites. We watched that too. Mm-hmm. Find we, the one. 
Well, pop that shirt off. Pop that shirt off. McKay will know. I bet he will. He mm-hmm. loves that shirt. Yep. Mm-hmm. You said I bet he will. <laughs> <laughs> now, the next series of answers were the ones that originally caught my eye. They were asking about fingerprints in the home, and Dr. Gerber said there weren't any found. And the interviewer said, well, normally there should be tons of prints around the home, right? Especially after a dinner party. So can you tell me why there are none found? And Gerber said, well, they can only speculate. So to me, no fingerprints anywhere is weird. That to me suggests someone wiped things down. But there weren't prints even found on Sam's medical bag or the contents inside that had allegedly been ransacked. So, mm-hmm. it's just all a big question mark. And yeah. Gerber says this is definitely one of the most puzzling cases that he's encountered. Yeah, if you got a fingerprint in your house, that's sus. Nobody's that clean. Mm-mm. The media circus continued, and on July 21st, the papers were calling Gerber out for not, you know, having a coroner's inquest yet. So, Gerber felt the pressure and called an inquest later that day. Mm-hmm. The Inquisition lasted three days, and by the end of it, Gerber had come to the conclusion Sam was the one who had murdered his wife. Okay. On July 30th, 1954, Sam was officially arrested, and his trial was set to start on October 18th, only three months later. Mm-hmm. Now, quickly, let's talk about motive. Many people thought could have been a reason as to why Sam right. murdered his pregnant wife. Another woman. And... That other woman was a 24-year-old nurse at Bay Village Hospital named Susan Hayes. Mm. Sam vehemently denied an affair with her at the inquest, but Susan was brought back from L.A. LA. Do what? (laughs) Was brought back from L.A. to testify against that claim. She was like, no, we definitely had sexual relations. Period. Now, like I said, his trial began on October 18th, and Judge Edward Blythen allowed photographers and reporters into the courtroom. Papers got direct transcripts from court, and jurors' names were printed in the papers, along with their pictures. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Many speculate that Judge Blythen Blythen allowed this because he thought Lewis Seltzer, Cleveland Press's editor, can make or break his political career. And he was coming up on re-election. And Seltzer had been reporting on this entire case the entire time. So he was like... Seltzer? What a great name. Yes, I wonder if he's the one that created White Claws. Uh, Just kidding. Anyways... Just kidding. (laughs) In November of the trial... Coroner Gerber took the stand to testify. When the prosecution was questioning Gerber, he said after Marilyn's body was removed, officers were taking pictures of the bed and Gerber went to flip the pillow at the top and saw a large blood stain that he concluded had mm. come from a surgical instrument. Like the like the imprint, like the outline of it in blood? Yeah. Okay. So he's saying, like, there's a pillow laying up here at the head of the bed. Uh-huh. When they're taking pictures, they're taking pictures, and he goes to flip the pillow over and sees a blood stain. Uh-huh. The blood stain is like an impression of what he concluded would have came from a surgical instrument. Okay. All right. Up under the pillow. Hmm. Yeah, on the other side of the pillow. Right. So the defense fought this being allowed in court because... He was speculating what the stain was. Like, and to me, it's just a stain. Like, you can't even tell. Right. It's not a very good no. Yep. And so, Corrigan and the defense were, like, really fighting this in court. But they still allowed it. Did they? Yeah, they did. They allowed it. Um... But there was also a witness that testified the murder weapon could have been a lamp that was missing from the home after Marilyn was murdered. Because I think he had worked on it and knew that it was there in the home, but it was never found. Oh. Right. Another point the prosecution tried to drive was a history of violence with Sam. Okay. They had a witness testify that he saw Sam hit Chip. But Sam later testified that it was only an effort to discipline him because he was in a bad habit of hitting his parents when he was angry. Right. Okay, so that's silly. How are they going to do that at that moment? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the prosecution's, like, grabbing. Like, because he didn't beat the hell out of his kid, did No, he? no. Right. And as far, whether 
Sam Shepard murdered his wife or not, because it doesn't look good for him. No. They don't technically have any evidence, though. So, the prosecution's mm-hmm. trying to find, like, all the circumstantial... Yes, yes. Trying to find whatever they can to build a case. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And reaching, they're reaching, and it's all Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Mm-hmm. In December is when Sam was put on the stand. Now... Many people were like, why in the heck is Sam Shepard testifying at his own trial? But back then, if you basically... <laughs> Do what? I was unplugged her mic. She got excited with that one. Okay. Back in that time, basically, if you didn't testify... Then it showed your... Basically. Okay. So, he testified... And he was sticking with the story that he had maintained the entire time that there was a white, bushy-haired form that was responsible for Marilyn's murder. He had somehow been the only one in the house to wake to Marilyn's scream, even though the dog was in the house and Chip was only down the hall. He runs upstairs to be hit unconscious. When he awakes, he hears the intruder in the house downstairs, so he chases him outside on the beach. They fight for a period of time before he's knocked unconscious again. Sucks to suck, Sam, because jury was not buying it. And on December 21st, 1954, only two and a half months of trial, Sam Shepard was found guilty of murdering his wife in the second degree, being sentenced to life in prison. Mm-hmm. On December 29th, an article was released that said, miraculously, Sam was remembering more details about Marilyn's attacker's face. Richard, his brother, allegedly had the attacker's name and his woman accomplice. Oh, he had a female accomplice. Well, this is the first anyone's hearing of it. Yeah. Right, right, right. And if you have the name, and if you're all of a sudden remembering this, why did you not mention this like a week and a half before you were sentenced? Right. It all feels... Very thrown together last moment. That's because it is... Now, of course, this is not where we end, folks. Sam was maintaining his innocence and requested a new trial. Mm -hmm. The motions filed for a new trial included pretrial publicity. Publicity? Yes. (laughs) Denial of change of venue because they did deny... Or he wanted the trial to be moved. He, yeah, he originally else. wanted it to be moved somewhere else, and the judge denied it. Yes. Presence of the press in the courtroom, substitution of a juror, errors in jury instructions, and denial of motion for continuance. Judge Blythen denied his request in the beginning of January 1955. Mm-hmm. Now, January 7th, tragedy strikes. Not only did Chip lose his mother to murder, Sam, his father, in jail, but his grandmother, Sam's mother, committed suicide by gunshot. And then Sam's father, Richard, died on January 18th from complications of stomach cancer. Oh my gosh, that is so sad. So Chip lost his mom, his dad's in jail, and both of his um, grandparents on his father's side are dead. Oh, that is so sad. Well, that's exactly right. But Sam Shepard would go on to serve 10 years in prison, and he filed 11 appeals before he was finally granted a new trial. So, for Sam's second try... At a trial or whatever you may try. I, I wonder where you were going with that. I was like, she's pausing. I didn't know where I was going with that. Um, F. Lee Bailey would be his attorney. Now, Bailey would go on to do some very huge cases, like I mentioned at the beginning. He was mm-hmm. mentioned in the Zodiac case, and that's where I initially heard of him. Um, but he was also, um, the attorney for the Boston Stranglers and was a part of the dream team on the O.J. Simpson trial. Oh, So, Lee Bailey said that if it weren't for Sam's case, though, his career wouldn't be as big as it was. Mm-hmm. And he also says that he never believed Sam Shepard was guilty of murdering his wife. Mm-hmm. So okay. intense statement. Yeah. Bailey brought to the Supreme Court that Sam was not given a fair trial and said the overabundance of media coverage really screwed Sam's case. So on June 6, 1966, the Supreme Court ruled 8-1 that Sam did not receive a fair trial and there was lack of evidence. Mm-hmm. 
Sam's second trial began on October 24, 1966, and Judge Francis Talty limited press in the courtroom this time, thankfully. Yep. Also, Sam was not made to testify, which probably helped the outcome of this trial. Yeah. Bailey started his questioning with Dr. Sam Gerber. Now, in the first trial, if you remember, he testified that the murder weapon was 100% a surgical weapon based on the blood stain on the pillow. Yep. Now, in the second trial, Bailey straight up asked Gerber, like, what was the surgical instrument that he saw? Gerber said, I don't know. And he was like, well, what do you mean you don't know? Like, that's a, you said right. it's a, like a And surgical. you made a pretty big deal about it, that you were certain. It was a surgical instrument. Right. So, what is it? And he said, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I've looked all over the United States for the last so many months to try and find out what surgical instrument this is. And I can't. Hmm. So, Bailey asks, and you didn't describe this phantom impression as a surgical instrument just to hurt Sam Shepard's case, did you, Doctor? You wouldn't do that, would you? Hmm. Gerber said, oh, no, oh, no. Then, Bailey asked Gerber if he told a young intern about a month before Marilyn Shepard was murdered. He said, quote, that you intended someday to get the Shepherds. And Gerber got real agitated and said, oh. whoever said that was a liar. Uh, interesting. This was a month before <clears throat> the murder. Yes. Huh. Bailey then argued that the culprits somehow flips the script and says the culprits were Mayor Spencer and his wife, Esther. Bailey theorized that the mayor and Marilyn were having an affair and Esther found out about it. The night Marilyn was murdered, he suggested that Sam was asleep and Marilyn called Spencer over for a quickie, but Esther was on to them and she followed her husband over to the Shepherd home. When she caught them in bed together, together Esther went bananas and started attacking Marilyn until Marilyn was dead. He said he believed the murder weapon was a fire poker when esther kind of snapped out of her rage and realized what she had done her spent her spencer her husband spencer was like okay we've got to cover this up he's like they convinced sam to go along with the plan to cover it up sam and spencer got into a fight and that's possibly why spencer and esther were at the house and were the ones who called the police okay Oh, I'm not buying it. I mean, uh, yeah, they could have. Nah, I'm not buying it. But mm-hmm. you don't have to buy it. You've just got to put a little bit of on what is a reasonable doubt in the right. jury's mind. That's right. One juror. Mm-hmm. He needs to convince one juror that this is actually possible. What happened? Right. Yeah. So. Bailey then showed evidence that the killer was left-handed, and Esther was left-handed. Sham, Sham Shepard. Different. Sham Shepard was not. He was right-handed. Bailey also had evidence that there was a fire in the Hawks' fireplace that morning, despite it being July. In his professional opinion, it was a woman or a young boy because Marilyn bled out and did not immediately die from the blows. Mm. Which, I mean, that doesn't really mean much to me, but... Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Young boy? I don't know. I don't know. It, it It's a stretch. It's a lot. Yeah. But it worked because on November 16th of 1966, the jury deliberated for less than a day and found Sam not guilty. Mm-hmm. There's too much. There's too much. Too many. Mm-mm. But unfortunately for Sam, even though he was free, he didn't really have much. So in 1964, while he was, um, I think he was still in prison, he mm-hmm. married a lady named Ariane. Um, but they would later divorce in 68, so only, like, two years after getting out of prison, they separated. 
Sam actually regained his medical license, but was sued in the death of a patient and quits his practice. So, then it starts getting super freaking weird, okay? (laughs) Sam becomes a professional wrestler working under the name Killer and married Colleen Strickland, the 20-year-old daughter of his wrestling manager. Maybe he's trying to be ironic or... He is trying to be ironic. Killer. Wow, right? Okay. To go from a medical professional to a wrestler? To a wrestler. Wrestler. Like backyard wrestler? Are we talking about like, was he in the, in the octagon? No, he's a professional wrestler. That's not right. The octagon's um, MMA fighting, right? Period. Yes. Like UFC? Yes, UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, well, all right, boo-boo. You know, in this scenario, I would say, you do you. You do you, okay? you, do you boo. Um, um, but then, only a year later, in 1970, at the age of 46, Sam died of liver failure. Oh, he was drinking heavily. Yeah, so, after he got out of prison, his life really ran downhill, Aww. honestly. Um, his son, Chip, did and still does, I believe, fight for his father's um, innocence, you know. Yeah. And to this day, Marilyn Shepard's murder has never been solved. Gosh. So, if it wasn't Sam, who was it? There's more. There's more going on, I think. And do you think it was Sam? No. I don't. Uh-uh. I don't think there's evidence to say one way or another. But maybe he knows who it is. And it's a bigger. That's I just feel like there's something bigger. I was about to say, there's like a there's strange occurrence. There's something bigger. But I don't know. I don't I think that the trial might have been rushed, perhaps. They were trying to get a conviction a little too fasty. And the media That's yeah. what I was gonna say. Was I think lot. the newspaper was really pushing for a conviction, like yeah. we know Sam Shepard's guilty. Why don't you put him in jail? How about yeah. you screw off because right. they didn't get enough evidence to point in. I wanna know way. how they knew that the killer was left handed. Like I I would like to know how. How how did you know? Right. Well, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I would assume the way the blows come down on her head. Right. Right. I wish I would have said it, though. So that I could believe that they were really sure, sure, sure. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. All right. Because I don't. Because they had a, let me see if I can find it for you, Derry. There's a picture that they had re. Um, like it's a sculpted picture, basically, mm-hmm. of Marilyn's. And why couldn't they identify exactly what it was that she was beaten with? Oh, I don't know. That's you a think, little okay. So you think if a fire poker was used, uh, they're gonna it's gonna have a distinct shape. I mean, okay. First of all, this say... is the pillowcase. You can't tell no anything about no. that. First and foremost, uh-uh. but those are the injuries that were inflicted to her. Uh huh. Okay. Oh, it's like somebody came at her from the right side with their right hand to me. Yeah, if but I... right hand itself, if I was going to start beating you in the head right now... Right okay, now. I would hit the right side of your head. Right now. With my right hand. If I were left-handed, I don't know. I guess it depends on how they came at her. Well, let's see. There's more. Okay, so we've got hand at the autopsies. What the hell is that bottom picture? What do you mean? That's what? her hand. Is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so much out on this case because this case was so highly public publicized. publicized. See, I keep saying that publicized. Like okay, so this I wonder if this is the blood stain we're talking about here in color. That's supposed to be. Yeah, that looks like no surgical instrument that exists in this world. People, I mean, like it it's like nothing. A, it looks like blood soaked through the pillowcase. Yeah, so I mean, that's goofy. That's goofy. 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 And goofy. Gosh, there are so many pictures. Oh, yeah. This isn't even the beginnings. Wow. Here we go. See, there's more on the other side of her head, too. Right. That's why I was trying to get another picture, but... Yeah. 
And like her, like that, her like eyeballs were beaten up bad. It was just a lot. Like they really did it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like Gerber, regardless of if he was a little biased or not, he did say, and I do sort of agree that it seems like this was out of anger. Like it was. Well, right. That's what I'm, that's my brain. You're reading my mind. I'm sitting here thinking they had to be, but was it a drug, drug fueled rage? You know, maybe it had nothing to do with her. I mean, we've seen that. I mean, right. It's not like it doesn't happen. Right. I mean, Ted Bundy attacked random sorority girls. Right. So, I don't know. This is weird. And I, we have that's no conclusion. Why, that's why I think, though, there's something bigger. Well, not like aliens, but like. Oh, well, thank you for clarifying that. Uh, one well, I us. just knew that all my friends were out there being like aliens. And, well, well, usually. We usually that place, is the first. We, usually idea. we could find a place for aliens, but in this one, I just feel like with them being wealthy and. Uh, I, but anyways, yeah, I just, I don't know. Uh, there's something here. Somebody, and they, they may all be dead now. I don't, I don't know. Is F. Lee Bailey still alive? Oh, I don't know. If he is, he's super old, I believe. No offense, Effley Bailey. No, no, no. Um, but holler at your girls because, you know, I need some more deets on the case. I need to see your case files and. Oh, he died in 2021 in Atlanta, Georgia. What dang. And that bananas. So, guys, that is the case. I'd of love to know what other, Sam and Marilyn Shepard. Yes, and I, I was going to say, what would you like? What y'all think? Please let us know what y'all think. Who do you think did it? Do you think it was Sam? Do you think it was the mayor and his wife? Do you think it was Doctor Gerber? Like who? Or an alien? I mean, <laughs> give us all your. Yeah, let us know. Mm-hmm. Let us know. That's the cases like this just blow my mind. I know. Will we ever know? Oh. Uh, Will we ever know? Well, until next time, um, y'all hit us up on the Instagram at Ill Natured Pod. Join the Facebook group, the Ill Na- uh, not the, the Ill Natured Ill Natured Podcast. Please and thank you. Um, we have a TikTok at Ill Natured Pod, and you can email us Ill Natured Pod at yahoo.com. And thank you for listening. Don't forget. Rate, review, subscribe, do all the things, and keep share us. putting us in your ear holes each week. Each and every, each and every week that well, we are here. Catch you guys on the flip side. Peace.